always a good idea yeah we've been starting our mornings like that here yeah yeah i feel uh more inclined to do it up here this sounds so fucking stupid but because no one can hear us mm. you know yeah same thing like when we're in the sauna like yeah i love singing in there and chanting in there but in my apartment i feel inappropriate doing that yeah yeah. Sometimes, yeah, when we're when we're not in the city, I realize how self conscious we are about how like we obviously blast music and right, but generally, and even when we do that, it's still there's always a little tingle in your spine of like, oh God, I would hate being my neighbor right now. And it's not quite as loud as you would blast it. Yeah, like you're blasting it, but there's always a you know that limit. Yeah, neighbor limit. I think it's most notable not to get too juicy from the beginning, but. When you have sex, that's when you can really like, because I feel like I've been having quiet sex for like 10 years, you know, and then it's like mm. you can be up and somewhere louder and it's like, oh, you can be a little louder and you don't feel uncomfortable about it. And I don't know why I'm quiet during, qu- try to be quiet during sex because when my neighbors are having sex, I find it so exciting. Yeah. I'm like, oh, shh. Some people hate it. I see, uh, you know, that what is New York Instagram. They always put up notes like like people leave on each other's doors, like stop having sex so loud, all this shit. I'm I guess like, I've had, I've heard people have sex like three times ever in New York City, you know? And and like you said, it's pretty exciting. It's cool. It's Yeah, it's not obnoxious when it's not happening all the time and it's yeah. not like blood curdling or whatever. I think we put our neighbor through hell. That girl, that girl knows more about us. Come on, Mary. <laughs> Mary, don't be modest. That girl, that girl doesn't know too much about us. She does know too much. <laughs> That wall is paper thin. I hear her like whspering in the other room. <laughs> opening the I, microwave I, and oh, stuff. I, I, I don't like the, to think about no, it. No, I, I don't like to think about it either. <laughs> Trust me. It, but it's not until we're up here in a situation like that that I'm like, whoa, man. What the hell am I doing to my consciousness all the time by like living in a cramped space with people? Oh, God, I don't want them to hear me, this and that. As a musician, you're like, you know. You've had to get over that. You come to this New York struggle. It's like crazy. Yeah. This um this diminishment of space. I actually was thinking about that when we were chanting and thinking about somebody talking to me about having a hard time chanting and um that it was how most people have a hard time singing this that they weren't really letting themselves make noise like they were chanting, but they were um, like too nervous to make noise in the room. Like they were explaining their experience, you know, so mm-hmm. they're more quiet and they said they always felt more stressed out after they chanted. And I, was, I said, it's impossible. Yeah. Our body is like the most complicated technology in the world. I really don't know much about it, but the one thing I know is it's impossible if you chant and attune to a frequency to not be that frequency because all we are is frequency. You There's know? no way to feel worse so after like, that, basically. But yeah. your ego is so powerful that if your ego the whole time is shaming mm. you for making noise. <laughs> right, well, yeah, the... The reason why it makes you feel so amazing because you're tuning to this frequency and you're on that frequency is the diminishment of ego, I think. But yeah. when you don't let, it's so interesting that process that if you don't let your ego exist, that if you don't, if you're too nervous to take up space in the multiverse and the universe, it not only will not make you feel better, it'll make you feel worse. It'll put you in a shame chamber because <sighs> your spirit is so upset at you for diminishing 
mm-hmm. you know, your existence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your body feels disrespected. There's like, yeah. you know, all of that going on. Oh, man. So, yeah, taking up space is like obviously a huge conversation in my life. Uh, even in my, like, because I'm like, a, I was a very loud singer when I first started singing and I can't even really control it just because of the type of vocal cords I have. So it was like a process of learning how to get quieter and not have that be like a process of getting quieter. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> empowering, but still, you know. Yeah. No, yeah, and have it be. <laughs> An artistic decision, not uh, I live in New York City decision. Oh, yeah. No, no. Yeah, no. An artistic decision. And um, but even, you know, even when I'm like practicing my music, when I'm running through songs in my apartment, um, even if I'm just running through them, not recording them, when I record them, I'll do them a lot and a lot. Um, I know that some neighbors will hear me. Yeah. There's like parts of songs, sometimes like not really, but even my guitar and I'm like, I'm playing and to them and unplugged in electric guitar which you'd be like how could you hear that but you're in new york city and the walls are so thin oh, yeah. and you have to just get over this like okay they're gonna hear me do this janky version oh. <laughs> seven oh. times oh know? my god <laughs> and really take up space yeah. and take and and uh know that not everyone's gonna receive it well you know mm-hmm. even if you nail it and whatever you're doing you know and it's yeah it's very scary well when we first met you you had built a closet Oh, yeah, yeah, I almost forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. You built a room, like a, qu- a sound booth inside yeah. your apartment. Yeah, I built a silent room. Yeah. Um, where I could go scream. <laughs> they originally built them for drums. It's this Texas company, and they're these, uh, you know, complete soundproof walls that you put up. And I put it up myself um, with the help of another friend, another tattooer friend. And uh, really built it out. It ended up being too small of a space to even record in. Um, like when yeah. I was recording, which, you know, things you don't learn until you're a buffoon like me and do them. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was really good for me for the time that it was in my apartment, which I'm trying to calculate how long that was, maybe like a year and a half or something. But I mean, it, it or two gave years. you space to, it gave me the space belt. I needed in that time until I could get to a place where I could control the dynamics enough. You yeah. Know? Um, so yeah, no, it was good for me, but it was very liberating to tear that thing down. Just talking about space. It felt like this, like I'm coming at literally coming out of the closet, you mm. know, <laughs> like tearing down this closet yes. thing and being like, my neighbors are going to hear me sometimes and that's okay. Yes. You know, cause I like the sounds that I'm making and I believe in the music I'm making or whatever. So uh, you, yeah, that was the process. You don't want the shape of your space to be a tiny box just that barely fits just you. Just a little closet. Come on. <laughs> Come on. You can't do that to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, taking up space. Yeah. I mean, I think there's the other conversation and something that like was an epiphany for me and I'm still unpacking is how to like even take up space sexually. Like when I, like, I remember, I don't know, maybe Dan Savage or something was like, yo, you want to be greedy in the bedroom. Like you want to be selfish and you want a partner who's selfish because if you're not selfish and saying like, Hey, this is what gives me pleasure or this is what I need. Like I want a partner who tells me what they need. So why wouldn't I want to be that partner to somebody else? You know? And that kind of can be its own way of taking up space where you're like, oh, especially someone who wants to naturally be like more of a giver to that, like part of giving is being open to receiving. And that is the gift is like, okay, I'm going to just receive this pleasure because maybe someone else likes giving too, you know? Mm -hmm. Definitely. I think uh, it's, it's so hard to, um, I don't know, take up space these days. Like sex is such a vulnerable place and it's such a, man, it's, it's. Uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting facet to to apply this to because I think we can so easily get into bad habits in general, but especially sexually because you're so vulnerable, you know. So it's like 
you find something that works for you young and you just stick to that your whole life and you don't open up or well, how many times have you heard about people like girls or men being like oh my girlfriend doesn't let me go down on them or girls being like oh i just don't like that yeah or you know what i mean and i think that w- was like especially as a young woman who's like knows about porn and stuff like there's all this like crazy self-conscious stuff that becomes like a block from experiencing pleasure because you can't because you're so much in what are they experiencing do they like this and i think that's where also like opening my attraction to women has allowed me to like be more comfortable in my own body too because at first I was like oh who would even want to go down there you know what I mean or yeah yeah it's kind of like has there's a lot of that's a that's an interesting thing is like opening up to other women has helped you love yourself more like you, you love female body so much that you've learned to love your body more yeah rather than like feel guilty that I have a partner who's like trying to go down there you know what I mean or just feel guilty about receiving which I feel like is like a very familiar trap for especially women who like maybe have unrealistic ideas of standards or um you know the male orgasm happens faster or whatever it is that it can just like be hard to prioritize and I think that's kind of a big revolutionary switch that's been happening is that it's becoming common knowledge that you know women's pleasure is accessible and if you have a girlfriend who says she doesn't like to orgasm like it's important to work with them to transcend that energy because that's all it is is like a blockage yeah Mm, yeah sorry i'm going juicy and deep on this one i don't know i love it (laughs) yeah no it's it's incredible um yeah receiving receiving can be a difficult thing and i think you're right like remembering how amazing it feels to give is such a a good out for that you Mm. know when you feel trapped in that oh yeah that's a good little hack yeah it's like you if you're chanting and it's making you embarrassed it's like don't you appreciate that other people are really getting into it so you can like kind of ride their wave and that you want to like be part of this like vibration that you guys tap in together and it's like "Mm." yeah yeah <laughs> yeah a receiving things sometimes i think with sex too and and um people have a hard time being present it's almost like a aversion to letting go and giving yourself to somebody and like the sacrifice of of the ego in that moment too sometimes our ego wants to hold on so much that c- you know can block orgasm itself mm. <coughs> yeah you know because when you orgasm it's kind of and you're present, it's like you're giving yourself to that person in that moment, you know, the mini death or whatever. Wish I knew what it was in French that everybody keeps referencing. Le petite. <laughs> Le petite. I okay, call yeah. it micro deaths. <laughs> <laughs> everyone, everyone loves the word micro these days. They so. do. And they just fucking add it to the beginning of anything and it makes it sound cool. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> but it is micro death for sure. Yeah. And it is... Uh, Kind of like tripping in in front of somebody, like having yeah. a hard trip in yeah. so, in front of somebody. You're momentarily losing yourself or who you think of as yourself. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's an extremely vulnerable place to go with other people. And yeah. I, I think it's why uh, more and more we're hearing about people that like can't orgasm or right. can't orgasm in general with themselves or with a partner. Right. And uh, God damn. That would be a huge indication, I don't know, to me that, like, I should fucking 
do some deeper work, maybe some take some mushrooms or fucking watch Gwyneth Paltrow's show or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Love sex and goop. <laughs> yeah. We're yeah. big we're big uh, well, I've never seen it, but And we're in like a very <laughs> Uh, you know one of the most open sexually relationships that you could possibly have and then there's all these people that have to traverse taking up sexual space who aren't in a relationship and mm. trying to find sexual space in the world mm. with strangers and feel safe in that and it's just like it's even difficult when there's like a perfect playing field of safety and <laughs> it, it, yeah know, like it, that, that is that is worth saying that, yeah. yeah it's it's difficult to traverse no matter what but it is almost about taking sovereignty over your sexuality and being proud of it. Yeah. And putting it out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's fucking crazy sometimes, but yeah, putting it out there and putting out there what you need and learning how to take up space in that way and yeah. hoping it, it, you know, it translates into better experiences. Yeah. 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 Better ohms. Yeah. <laughs> and I liked. I wish I could remember Star's quote that you read. I've been trying to remember it over here exactly so I wouldn't butcher her language because she's got really great language. But I don't remember what we're talking about. Well, yesterday in the kitchen you read me something that Star tweeted about the presence of a man in the depth of a woman's orgasm. I thought it was a very astute and interesting It wasn't. Point. She didn't write it. She, she referenced, uh, it. referenced it. Yeah. It was basically, uh, and I don't even know how I can wrap my head around this, but basically the depth of uh, an orgasm that a man can give a woman has to do with his presence, and his presence has to do with the... Um, his ability to process grief. Right. And uh, a, a man's ability to process grief basically translates to his ability to give women those like those deep life shattering orgasms. Yeah. <laughs> that everyone deserves. Every woman deserves those, but they probably haven't had access to them from yeah. men. Yeah. You know? But I think there's a lot. Yeah, and I think the grieving is probably the most interesting part about that. But even the presence of a man in the depth of her orgasm, like the first part about that, um, I even sorry, just I have a scratch in my throat. I even just think there's a lot of sort of micro ethereal scarring that can go on with people that have a lot of unpresent sex, and that because pe people are much more psychically connected and, and aware of the psychic connection they have than they even really acknowledge that um, we can get ingrained into this pattern of thinking we don't deserve love and to reach an orgasm because the people that we're with aren't with us. Mm. Mm. You yeah. know. And that brings up its own grief processing for the woman. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, the next part about grief is a little bit hard to totally wrap your head around. But the more that I do, it gets more delicious, you know? Yeah. <laughs> My mom always said, you got to be careful who you let make you calm, you know? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can kind of form attachments and bonds and s based on, on that connection. Well, and then you let me in your life. <laughs> you got to be careful both directions. You got to be careful... Who you let make you come, and then who you make come. <laughs> I, I was just reading. Well, yeah, I was just reading this Reddit thing about this woman who was just like, I had a Tinder date uh, make me come four times in one night, harder than my last boyfriend did ever in two years, and I'm finding myself attached to this person that I basically just spent one night with. Like, can someone help me? You know. And he ghosted her. No, he no, not even ghosted her. She was just like alarmed by the amount of feelings that were coming along yeah, with yeah, with that. You know, I think we've all been there. You know, it's usually an exciting thing. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, sexual chemistry, it feels very like solid and connection that you can't ignore it. So when you have something like that happen and you're so open to somebody and you reach like these, it's like, doesn't, you're like, it can't be random. Like we mm-hmm. should keep doing that right <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no that's interesting yeah and then i think there's dynamics that we can't even understand just the people's bodies that make you more or- open to an orgasm with somebody yeah and maybe it's just astrology you know but oh. i think there are certain things that just like certain people you're more open to you know whether you want to be or not or mm. do you think, astro- think astrology should be more part of like should I think they're pro- i know i have a friend who's actually developing a dating site that's like based on astrology but i'm I'm wondering if you think it's like, like, because you looked up our charts before we got together. Like, do you think it's very vital? Like, it can save you a lot of time and heartache or prepare you for it? (laughs) Yeah, I don't like it in a yes, no sort of a fashion or even a compatibility sort of a fashion because I think the best relationships require tension. And so when you're doing sinistry charts and you're laying them on top of each other, you're looking for like perfect harmony. That's not necessarily what you want to be that's not necessarily what relationship is in this lifetime, but I think it's incredibly helpful if you're already in relationship to bring more understanding and more language to what's going on. Like you shouldn't some use it to pick your partner, but it, you can, yeah. you could use it to pick apart your partner. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And if you guys are having issues, like there's really, you, you can do sinistry and say, Oh, well your Mercury's are square each other. And there's always going to be attention and communication and you can choose to express that however you want to express that, but it needs to express itself. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's like the beauty of the awareness of astrology. If you know that there's an angular thing, you can control. It's crazy. It's like the, the whole idea of will comes into everything because of it. You know, it's like, oh, can I direct force that's happening in the universe? But yeah, so I do think it's important for dating, but basically once it's already happening. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't ever ex nay somebody because of a placement. You never know. But maybe you should be careful if you let them make you come. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> well, and in that process, like not just who they are, but like the process of coming, like the the experience of it. Just like every experience shapes us, and it's because it's so much more intimate and vulnerable. But shapes yeah. us in deeper ways yeah. than other things do in our life. Mm. I um, think every person you have sex with probably leaves uh, a lasting karmic imprint on you. Yeah. And, you know, the way that you are, people receive you, like the way you're received by somebody is like shapes, shapes, yeah, yeah, shapes the way you view yourself. And yeah. even if it's not happening on the physical plane during sex and it's happening in the mental plane during sex, you're experiencing that. Mm. Yeah. You got to be careful who you do it with. But at the same time, from what I'm or hearing. Or don't and be frivolous. Well, well, Some things, either way works for people, right? I mean, you should I, look at your way. own chart, though, and see if you're good. Are you, are are you, you naturally slutty or not? <laughs> oh, totally. I, I think. Can you hold that karmic weight? <laughs> Sorry, Sean. God. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I th- it, I, from what I hear, I feel like the kids these days are like not having sex. You know yeah. what I mean? They, they yeah. care less, yeah. way less. And yeah. uh, I don't know what the hell is, it, what, what you would chalk that up to but well, maybe them knowing enough to be like no you know what i mean just like understanding how crazy and deep of a thing that is to do with somebody yeah and i, I don't know I, I think that the best thing you can do and i don't know when i develop this skill but i almost feel like everyone has it right away is like knowing who i'm gonna have sex with like as i meet them it's yeah. crazy yeah you know what i mean yeah i could meet the most attractive woman I've ever seen, but like, you know, and, and want to have sex with her, but I'll, I can tell, I know 
You know, it's like an yeah. energetic thing that can happen. Yeah. It's like a future memory comes down or something. Yeah. But yeah, the second we met you, and it wasn't even in person. The second we met you on a Zoom call, I was like, oh, shit, damn, we're about to fucking do this. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. And then it's so fun to see how it, it ends up playing out. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes like this drawn out foreplay thing. You know? <laughs> it wasn't that drawn out for us. I think we all understood we were going to get down to business and we got down to business. Yeah. Yeah. We're all very intuitive and I think trusting of our pheromones and chemistry and stuff. Because some people we know are like so much more logically minded about relationship. and Yeah. Yeah, but don't you I think don't. everyone has that ability, like to to kind of sniff it out psychically? Well, my thing is always that, I, like, I'm most of the time I'm logical, and you have these this situation specifically that, like, Three I years. couldn't, I could not think. You know, the feeling was overwhelming, yeah. and so it I couldn't process it through logic. It was just like all oh, the connection, you know, it, it ripped me apart or whatever. Oh, so yeah. I think I always say that to people if they're talking logically about a relationship, like, oh, it's never going to work because of this, is this, and it's like the right person will knock down all those walls those uh, bullshit plaster and, and walls they should up you know what i mean and, yeah. and they should and in if an they don't too, and, and, and if they don't come along like the big bad wolf bl- yeah. blowing down your little piggy house yeah. like they're they might not be the thing for you yeah you if, know if you only see them on weekends and uh, you don't see them during the week yeah i remember <laughs> <And> fu- you- <laughs> <laughs> and you're already worried about yeah. if you're cool not seeing them until <laughs> saturday and even then you could skip every few saturdays there might not be your life partner sorry but, you we're, know, we're doing inside jokes yeah i'm sorry um no oh, man it made me think of something no uh <laughs> damn <laughs> sorry damn. yeah I'm not, I'm, uh, I'll, uh, I'll come back to not it if i remember feeling. yeah very undeniable and I mean, I, I, I don't know if it's fair to say like kids are less good at feeling into that. They're probably just together physically less these days. I too. mean, there's like a physical distance that's happened. Then and then like it's like you're oh, on your phone when you're together. So there's like that. Well, distance. then it's also like wow. okay, I, I want to have sex with you, but do I want to deal with the idea that I have an STD three weeks from now and then having to go to a doctor and deal with COVID? <laughs> oh, you. I'm I'm just talking about I'm talking about generationally. I'm not even talking about in the past couple of years. I, oh. I think it's just trending less from what i've heard you know yeah well i think i think oh i remember what i was trying to was was gonna say say your thing because i'll remember it okay well i was gonna talk about dead bedrooms and how that's a thing and how it really requires at least one partner to prioritize sex because i think there's been times like where i've been really stressed if i look at our 10-year relationship and i've been like less sexually online and Mm -hmm. sean's had to like kind of hold the flame like hey Mm sex is important in partnership like let's have it and every time we initiate sex by the time we're having sex i love it right and i have the best time but sometimes you can have a partner who's like a little floaty and i'm like a hamster on a wheel and i think this is kind of probably pretty normal too is to like the stress of life or bills or whatever it is to have you kind of not prioritizing that connection but if one partner is like yo we need to do this the other partners, what's not to love about sex? It's so pleasurable if you can slow down for a second. It's about carving out that space to slow down, though. And I think that's just, I was just going to say that that's important because you hear it so often that this happens where we have friends who have broken up and they're like, yeah, we had sex like once every three months for like three minutes because it wasn't like made a priority. And it's, it really fucking breaks my heart, you know. I've very recently had a few people. Uh, post breakup talk about basically a dead bedroom situation 
within the relationship. And at that point, I'm just like, well, well, what were you doing? Like, you're just like, you're you're just besties at that point, you know? Well, it's also something that it's consensual. Like, you allow a dead bedroom to come out because you can say that, like, hey, connecting in this way with the person I love is an important thing to me. And mm-hmm. if, like, you can, I think you can stop it in its tracks before it gets there. And I think that we're... Yeah, it, a, all it, it takes is just like that little bit of just that moment of uncomfortable communication that inevitably you never think about that uncomfortable moment again because things because it moves so much energy. You know? Yeah, being willing to move that energy. Anyway, I think I've gotten to the end of that. What were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to talk about just building off what Mara was saying about how while we were broken up, I remember she was calling me like late at night. And, like, she was freaking out, basically, about being in love with us. Like, that it was an uncomfortable feeling <laughs> and felt out of control. And I was just like, I'm pretty sure that's why they call it falling in love. And I'm pretty sure no one would voluntarily fall. You know what I mean? Like, it's a really good way to describe the feeling. Yeah. Especially to a logically-minded person yeah. who, you know, spent four or five years actively rejecting. Yeah. You know, it's not like you didn't have your opportunities. You worked yeah. at a fucking tattoo shop and you're a hot chick. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, re- I remember like having to be like, I think this is part of it. I don't know. Maybe we're just driving each other insane. But I think this is just what that's what falling in love feels like. And uh, it shocks the system for real. But because it's raising your frequency and your ego likes things the way it was. Yeah. It set things up this way. It likes them. What yeah. are you doing destroying this household? Yeah. With all this love coming in here. Yeah. Yeah, because it shakes the foundation of who you are. And it's going to start changing who you are. And beautiful fucking roses and daisies are going to grow out of the fucking that cold, hard foundation that used to be there. And uh, the ego doesn't like it. So, you know, there's this fight that starts to happen when you're falling in love between the the ego and the heart and you know i'm pretty sure that's all that show sex in the city is ever about is like do i love him do i not I, I, i've never even seen the show <clears throat> but like that's you know that's it's like chicks talking to each other about like am i in love or is it real this time or is it not or whatever mm-hmm. you know probably just overly dramatizing and confusing the situation that pretty much anyone could sniff out yeah. literally yeah if you have a sense of smell after this pandemic <laughs> <laughs> don't they don't they say that like you can like just get a good smell of someone's natural scent and pretty much well, know where you stand? Well, that's a good dating technique them. is just smelling a bunch of used T-shirts. Hell yeah, why not? But now everybody's on hormones, so all their well, yeah, they they say women on birth control lose that ability. Yeah, to be able to smell your the correct partner. Uh, well, yeah. There's some crazy study that was done about the amount of breakups that happen post someone, a woman quitting mm-hmm. uh, that form of birth control, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, and um, so many breakups, when they do studies about why it happens, one of the things, not the thing, but one of the things is like, I just stopped being attracted to his smell or her smell or whatever like that. Yeah, and it's very important. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all predetermined, I think, is what we're talking about. But there's ways to decode it. And there's ways to psychically decode it. There's ways to smell it out or whatever. There's a, I don't know, I just, I, I think that there's a there's a feeling. But you have to, you have to try to catch it when you first, first meet somebody. 
because because after that it gets distorted with what your relationship becomes and how you know how you're relating with each other yeah but i think there's a way to know who your sexual partners will be as you meet them yeah if you have your shit together yeah i always said that dating app should somehow be able to hook up some smelly thing yeah smell-a-thon smell-a-vision well i mean don't you think another humongous factor is um just getting off on the same shit like being into the same music and drugs like, don't you think that's a huge thing? See, but but what we're talking about is kind of antithetical to that idea. Well, that's why I'm saying idea, I'm like... Which is the idea of online dating, which is that you can logically mind your partner. And I've met... I've had... Y'all, I've had so many... I shouldn't say so many. I've had a handful of people that, to me, are perfect... If you were to ask me, perfect partner, like, word for word resume people come into my life that I yeah. could not, for the life of me, be attracted to. And I was furious for years at myself yeah. for like specific people like Mayor, why can't you get it together like this person is everything you want them to be hot musicians like, artists <laughs> fucking tattooed people and then meanwhile two scrubbelos <laughs> two scrubbelos no tattoos fucking barely know how to play a janky ass guitar I'm just saying <laughs> you can't logically mind this thing and that's why I think online dating doesn't work is because like as much as I'd like to say like <laughs> yes the fact that you take acid and you know listen to the same music that I like it does not mean my body's gonna like your body and I don't even mean body yeah the way that we you know vanity body I just mean physically you know pheromonally yeah. physically chemistry wise and it's just it's something we can't control we can't control who we get magnetized to and start spinning around mm. it's gotta be the sparkles <laughs> it's gotta be the sparkles hell yeah they gotta have that razzle dazzle yeah the sparkle in their eye totally yeah the glitter dripping in glitter rainbow, <laughs> rainbow aura fuzzy rainbows fucking surrounding me all the time just, <laughs> yeah just a, just a vapor cloud of um, just fuzzy rainbow sexy pheromone smell <laughs> you know yeah it's like a i don't resonance. wear deodorant it's a resonance thing it's a frequency thing i don't wear deodorant i know you smell good all the time but i mean i think that um it's like a trope i hear people all the time being like yo my friend doesn't wear deodorant you believe it and i'm like i've never i mean i don't know i i think if anyone would tell me y'all would tell me like put on some deodorant yeah but we would yeah you smell good yeah <laughs> 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 we've told joey to put on deodorant he also doesn't wear deodorant we're like you have to put on deodorant. <laughs> we have to we have told him we're like dude we're shooting a thing today you have to wear deodorant like you can't walk around like this yeah yeah man well Most some girl's gonna really appreciate that he doesn't wear deodorant because they're meant to really so they're gonna like find him in a grocery store and start chasing him around yeah, yeah. oh my god there used to be this scent that was like this really cheap cologne and high karate so it was just, I don't know what they put in it, but I would literally follow people around like CVS or something. That's hilarious. As like a little tween, yeah. like an adult man. And of course it's just some like whatever. Was you know? it a obsession for men? I have no idea what it was, Klein. but it just like, it clicked for some reason. Yeah. And I was just like, what is was that? Was it cool water? I, I, I have no idea. Dracar Noir? Okay. <laughs> I bet you could realize it for your friends too, not just like lovers, you know? I bet mm. that's like how you resonate with friends also expresses itself through your cells, through like smell and other senses. You know, the, the, you know, the friend thing actually, uh, it's, it's probably, it's, it's a whole di- shifting gears, but the friend thing confounds me more why you end up being friends with who you're friends with. The sex thing is like so primal and basic and it's already happened and like, but who you end up friends with and like choosing to spend your time with 
it's such a weird, mysterious thing, you know, when you look around at your friend group at any given moment and be like, wow. It is. This is who stuck around. And then sometimes when I'm like on a bunch of drugs or like really high frequency, it can start to make like perfect sense. Yeah. You know, they're all just like these expressions of parts of myself that are missing that needed to come into my life, you know, and not to like self-send to everything. But, you know, uh, you can definitely come to places of, I feel like, like eerily creepily understanding you know, yeah why somebody it, it always comes through why somebody's bothering me mm. you know when i start to like doubt why i should have a relationship with somebody or what's tense about it i if i just think about it for a second i'm like oh yeah it's making me better in this way and mm. uh i called it in in this way and yeah <clears throat> yeah <laughs> do you want to fill up one of these bags sure cool it's our problem for you <coughs> we're back. Are we back? Yes. Yeah. Cool, we're back. I had a midday Oreo. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was thinking about, we were talking about friends and why we're friends with who we're friends with before we stopped. I love this conversation. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a really trippy thing. Because um, we just had a, we had a really fun time up here. We had everyone come up and play instruments with us and fucking jam out. And we did a... That was our, th- what, our third or fourth Ghost Pipe gathering, the gathering of our band Ghost Pipe. Yeah. And you guys talked about it on the Patreon. You guys mm-hmm. did a Patreon episode called Girls Club. Girls Club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Mary and I are going to write a song for Girls Club, a little intro diddly. You need a I'm Girls Club I'm informing her of this We're now. Here, <laughs> but I'll get it together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Girls Club is a great new podcast yeah. starring Marin Cass on <laughs> patreon.com slash church of chill. Yeah. You guys talked more in depth about this, but yeah, I'm not basically super in depth, but yeah. But basically we had some friends come over, yeah. crash here. We all started taking acid at like ten in the morning and little by little. Uh, it's a fun way to take it. You none of us went through like uh the crazy come up of, of acid. Yeah. We just took like two micros, half hour later, two micros, half hour later, two micros. Yeah. And uh yeah, it was good. Played some of the best music I've ever heard. Some of the funniest songs I've ever heard. Our band's better than ever. All of the players <laughs> in our band are better than ever. You play the vape bag. I play the vape bag. And sometimes <laughs> the guitars. <laughs> yeah, it was so fucking fun. But when we're so connected and we're all playing music and everyone has the biggest smile on our face and we're all laughing together, I'm like, this is why we're friends with these people. <laughs> You know what I mean? No holdouts. Not one holdout in the whole room. There's eight or ten of us over here. Well, and it's such a perfect dynamic. Like, any way that we're unbalanced, like, somebody else in the room carries that balance. Mm -hmm. You know, it just feels like everyone clicked in in such a perfect, nice, like, you know, jigsaw puzzle type of way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It just felt so good. It always seems to be the case. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, a weird experience. I kind of like that it's a mystery because, like, yeah, we could make everyone take their Myers-Briggs and put up everybody's birth chart and yeah. probably find out that there's a good balance of campaigners versus adventurers right. versus whatever. Or we've all been traumatized in very similar ways by our parents, right. you know? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah, no, it was it was funny. There's a, a woman who... Um, sent out an email recently saying uh requesting people to apply for a position seems like an assistant position and she's like a healer and she says like please take your myers-briggs and need not apply um campaigners which i'm pretty sure you're a campaigner so it's like there's fuck off (laughs) (laughs) 
Trust me. You wish. That's why she has to put that on there because yeah. she can't attract people like me. Yeah. So it's like, need not apply. God. So funny. Imagine being a spiritualist and having a little caveat as the, like, you know, who could apply. Like, can you imagine? No. We we met this woman and unfortunately had her on our podcast a couple times. Uh, and uh, off the podcast went on the worst racist tirades i've ever heard in my life and cloaked it all in spirituality and it was like well it 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 speaks to what we're saying it was like we were actually on the cusp of becoming friends with this person and we decided not to yeah yeah we were like we can't go any further with this this is destruction it's funny though because i don't think she's wrong i just like it's like she's probably right like campaigners are powerful people and Mm. you don't want a powerful person as your assistant Like, you know, especially her. She's already established herself. She's not looking to build up someone's career. She really wants someone to help build up hers. Yeah. So, like, it's very matter of fact. And it's just kind of, it's a funny, it's a funny thing. It is. It is fucking hilarious. And it's perfect that it really irritates Sean even, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, no, just, it's just, look, it works for this moment. Like, I'm trying to be funny, but it it really doesn't irritate me. Or she as a person just makes me laugh because she's ridiculous, you know? So, like, how you know who your lover's going to be or who you're going to have sex with. I know that about friends the second that I meet them. And I've had a few different, like being somebody who's moved around so much, this, this idea of friendship has always been on my mind. Like, why do I have the friends that I've had? Cause I have several people that I've known my whole life that I haven't lived around for 10 years, 15 years, 19 years, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and why do I still stay friends with those people? And why is it the same every time I call them? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and we meet these people and they're your polar opposite. And I'm like, that is not who I thought Mary would be introducing <laughs> us to as a lifelong friend. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it doesn't feel like you choose. Yeah. And they're like this girl in Asasi, I remember meeting her in high school. And the second that we ran into each other at sign in, like I literally asked her if I knew her from somewhere in Europe and we'd both were Europeans that moved to the States and we're both in this uh, high school in Houston, Texas. And we didn't, but it felt like that, like so intensely, this deep feeling that I had known her before. And then we were just, you know, best friends every day after ever since. And I've had several people like that. And more and more, it feels like, especially with the friends you guys have introduced me to, it feels like I meet people and I've already known them in a very creepy way. There isn't this like, am I going to be friends with this person? It's like, great. Like this person's my family, I guess. (laughs) You know, like. Great. Here's my new little brother. (laughs) Fuck. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Um, And then other people, it's just random. I don't, I don't even think about our having association, but I get that experience a lot. Yeah. Recently. Yeah. A certain level of recognition. Another life. Well, and if we're introducing you to them, we've gone through the gamut with them already. So like you have a bunch of memories of them that I've tapped into or whatever. If they've made it to the stage where they're meeting you, we've been through some shit. But still like so deja vu. Yeah. This has happened. I've seen this. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's weirder and weirder. But it's okay. Because it's like once you realize (laughs) that with certain people, when you don't have that with someone, it's like, oh, it's okay. It's not a big deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Entangled. That's easier. Yeah. We don't have to force it. (laughs) That's easier. Yeah. It's it's why we became uh, so open to just saying yes to, or we we made a prayer basically at some point. We were like, we don't have any friends. Fuck, we need friends. Let's have friends. And then. The first portal to that was just like, well, people are trying to hang out with us all the time to pick our brain about mm-hmm. filmmaking. Like, let's just say yes to everyone. Yeah. And instead of like going and meeting them for drinks and having some weird foggy night that yeah. I can't remember, like just come over in the day. And so we just started being open to that. And like, I think that led to what we have going now. 
the podcast really helped, but like initially it was just that, which was like fine. If someone asks if they want to hang out, they get one chance. Yeah, the podcast and, is definitely our in- way of trying to make friends, and it is uh, come back like ten thousand fold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's very clear that this is. I mean, we really appreciate people who support us, and it's definitely goes very appreciated but we do it because it's like allowed us to connect with people and feel not alone in this universe and has Mm. been the best memories of our lives have happened with people that we've met because we've put ourselves out there in some vulnerable way and someone's like connected with it and been like oh you guys are like on a similar page and I live in the middle of nowhere and thought that other people don't feel like this or don't get enough of that and that's where it just feels like okay this is why we're doing it. You need it. We need it. We all need it. Let's just fucking find each other. Mm. Luckily, that's what this time has allowed for us rather than just trying to force it with, you know, having a two-year-old and their parents, the friends' parents and stuff like that. you got to get creative when you don't have kids, I think. Oh, yeah. Or a job. If you don't drink. And you don't drink. It's, I mean, if you don't have kids, it's our responsibility to have the best time ever, you know, for the people that do have kids. We we're <laughs> like the monks are, we're holding a vibration. We, we have to hold a vibration. That's my life path. Yeah. Path yeah. of the seven. I'm just holding it down for y'all. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> we're, we're, we're holding space in the party. We're holding it up. I should yeah. say I'm holding it up for yeah. y'all. Exactly. We're holding it up. <laughs> I'm holding it down. But I, I think, you know, what, what's what's fucking crazy and it's trippy about the podcast is like we met Mare and I felt like I already knew her because she heard our podcast and kind of knew us. Like, it, no, it's not like that's not mutual. No, I think you me, though. You're like it's, feeling into the future. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We met a bunch of people in Malibu the other day and they they all listened to the podcast and I'm like, I didn't know them, but I knew them. It was yeah. so, didn't that feel like uh, like the same as us hanging out with our friends here? We never met any of them before. Yeah. That was that was just so wild. And I think it just has to do with, yeah, they've, they've listened to us, but it's not like it doesn't go both ways. It's not right. like we can't feel that. Right. And I think True. that's why we've been able to become instant friends with so many people. Yeah. Especially this deep into doing this. Like, we just get on here and just do our little transmission every now and then. And we found all of our friends through that. And, like, new adventures. Fucking the subject of our newest movie was a, a listener mm. of this podcast <laughs> like you know what i mean it's getting weird yeah it's getting weird well that's that's what we started to invest in and uh you get what you invest in and we know how it is investing in negativity i've been going through that um but i also know what it's like to invest in positivity and a really uh, uh just a beautiful grand vision for your life that includes a lot of friends and music and wild nights and crazy sex and like all this stuff like if you hold that in high regard uh you will start to attune to being the person that can allow that thing to to allow those things to take place yeah it's a bit of a process but uh i yeah i'm some nerd and i have two hot girlfriends and we have a wild life and we just chase the music that's pretty much it we chase the music and we serve the muse and uh yeah i don't really know what's to explain that other than just me being myself more and more and and being vulnerable and the right people attuning to that 
Yeah, I mean, once you start to feel the vibration of what it feels like to kind of be vulnerable and then get that in return, you're like, oh, why would I do anything else? <laughs> you know, you're like, mm. oh, yeah. you know, I think Ruben was talking about this the other day. He's like, I used to it just started telling people what was going on with me. And I kind of found it from also like uh, certain people have influenced me. Janira, who she would do this thing. She'd do this goddess group. And she'd always at the beginning of it be like. It's like a full moon thing. Like, why don't you say whatever you need to say in order to land in this moment? Mm. And there was always like something that I had to say. Forget what everyone else had to say. What I had to say in order to like be more comfortable in my in my skin and in that moment. Like there's you because there's always What's an example of something like that. Like I what said, would what would people say? I said this to Mare the other I, I, I come up to Mare all the time and I'm like, hey, I'm thinking about this fucking email that I can't find like like I just like will be going through things like I'm like I need to do something but I need to find this email that someone sent me because they sent me information in order to finish the budget that I need to finish I need to find this fucking email and I can't find it and I'll say it to her because I'm like you see a lot going on with me and just like that's what it is it's not that exciting it's not that interesting it's not that personal but I'm kind of in the mud of like, where the fuck is this fucking email? And it's like kind of, I try to be generous <laughs> and you go, yes. But you say, but you usually say something like, oh, I knew you were thinking about something. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. I mean, the, the last couple days, the last three days have been an exercise in that for me with looking for my lost boots. I couldn't find my boots since we hung out with all our friends. Yeah. And I spent three days looking for them and I just had to keep g- giving you guys a heads up. Like, just so you know, I'm in the mystery right now. That was our code language for it. Yeah. I'm deep in the mystery right now because we yeah. could not fucking figure out where the fuck these boots could be. Yeah. So I just like, I think it's a good thing to do. Like just shoot up flares. You're out there stranded on a lifeboat of your fucking bullshit in your yeah. head. Just shooting out flares to your partners. Like yeah. here's where I'm at and here's why it's not you. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And I've tried to hold it down about this subject, but losing things has been one of the most tumultuous subjects of my life. Lost it brings up agita. Lost a lot of things in my life. I've I've gone some of the most insane, spun the most out in my in my apartment all alone just by losing hair ties because the insanity of buying hair ties and then not having any hair ties. Like the hair ties don't matter. Who gives fucking rats ass about hair ties? Yeah. But like just the illogicalness of it and yeah. the irrespons like every you know can just send me to the pits of hell. But I did have this one time. And always growing up, my mom and me would joke about the borrowers, like, stealing stuff from us, you know? The borrowers. And so I always have, like, this delusional fantasy that demons are really stealing things from me. That <laughs> got proven one time on a trip to Houston, Texas, which was that. I obviously brought my debit card down there because I'm a regular human being who brings their cards with them. And I drive down to Texas. And the reason I know it was in Texas is because I have a receipt from that bank account for a coffee shop that's in Texas. But anyways, I lose the card there. I start looking for it. I don't find it there. I find it in a bag of clothes that I'm reorganizing that I was going to give to Goodwill that I put there like weeks before I left for Texas. Oh, wow. Like deep in the bottom Mm. to the point that I freak my mom out. I find it. I immediately start crying. I'm so creeped out about it on such a deep level. I'm like, this is a glitch in the matrix. I'm Neo. I figured it out. Whoa. Damn. (laughs) Things really are happening. Mm. And so there is like anytime something goes missing, I just have this little like, okay, but maybe. Mm. 
deep in the mystery. It, it really was an interdimensional trash panda that came. That's fine. And we fucking, called forward the trash panda. That's panel. fine. I needed something. I needed yeah. a better but we story. we found them. It, we they found landed them. in reality. They're, they're here. Three-dimensional explanation. Yes. Not complicated. Yeah. They just got, packed, they got packed in a band member's car. And yeah. Whatever, by accident. The um, most logical explanation. Yeah. Thank God. Because at that point, it, it, three days of searching the same places, looking in places that it physically couldn't be. Like, literally, I would be like, let me look under this Zoom recorder. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not even fucking kidding you guys. I, I'm yeah. like, okay, I guess I'll start looking in places. They physically, it would be impossible. It would be a glitch in the matrix. You stood if they were there. on the kitchen table to look up in like the rafters. Yeah. I was like, what are you doing? I, I, I was just like, I've looked everywhere 37 times. I have to do this again. But I guess it was good for me. I guess it was like a cleansing thing. But at that Whoa. point, I, I said to you guys at breakfast this morning, like, hey, I can't spend another day in the mystery. Um, can someone offer me like a story? Like, even if it is fucking a mystical being, to, I just need something to let this go. I, I, I need to, I, I have to move on. I can't spend. Well, I almost brought up the mystical being, but I was like, we haven't gotten there yet. We haven't gotten to the borrowers. <laughs> <laughs> The borrowers or my interdimensional of, demon is really what I'm calling oh it. Man. Whoever stole my debit card. Oh my god! And, and put it back in my apartment. Losing things um, to me is much worse than them being stolen. I've had a million course, things stolen. I don't course, give a fuck. Okay, you needed it. I had it. Not that I, I get it. We I lose things because I don't care about things. The yeah. problem is not that I care about the thing. I don't care about the thing. See, I do, and that's what, like it bothers you. You and I both get bothered by this very much. Yeah. But I'm bothered by it because I never lose anything. Yeah. Well, um, that's been a big tension in your guys' relationship because something's lost. You're going to blame Mare. <laughs> I'm gonna, she's going to be one of the usual suspects. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> For no fault of your own. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's certain things that could go down that I would be a usual suspect. Mare's like innocently over at her apartment just having a good time. And she gets a text every once in a while that's like, do you have my lighter? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, the lighter is one of my favorite fulcrums of touching for Sean. Cause, yeah. Because, yeah. And all these things, it's like, it, it wasn't good for you. It wasn't good for you to be mulling around the house. But I think the... <laughs> If there was any focus of it, it was for you not to be mulling around the house. You know, it was like this weird thing where it's yeah. like, don't care about it. Like, yeah. don't care about it. It, it, was, a, it was a meditation. Like, it was a yeah. meditation on how empty my life can be when I feel like something's lost. I'm like, I literally can't think about anything else. I'm sorry. I have to keep looking around the same fucking places over and over again. Well, you have like one pair of shoes and you broke them in and it makes sense that in the middle of winter you want to know where your winter boots are. I went to the fucking dart match in Crocs last night, goddammit. <laughs> Luckily, That's two other players on my team were wearing Crocs a, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it was Croc team. Croc, Croc team. Croc, Croc steady. Yeah. yeah. Mowgli, come say hi. He's like, nah. Really, Mowgli? <laughs> All right. You're not going to come over here? You know, be be on camera. He's gonna give us side eye from afar. He's giving us side eye. He's like, "All right." I'm a meet that. All right. He knows that I'm gonna shock him every time he comes over because it's so staticky in here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this couch—it's very electric. Mm. <laughs> We've charged it up. Cass, what are your fulcrums of tension? Do you ever lose anything? Um. 
my fulcrums of tension. Emails sometimes, apparently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> email. She'll lose an email. Yeah. I'll lose an email or, like, say something weird. Or if I send an email and there's a typo. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm fucking so humiliated. Yeah. Or like, like every single there's like no emails that arrive that don't have typos in them. <laughs> I yeah, I care. I like to set a really unprofessional stage. I do too. I do the same thing. It's yeah. like very intentional. And it's the opposite of how I started. I used to start I used to have like these page uh, emails with like professional description. I would have perfect little like, sign offs. I'd want? be I'd be cute. I would fucking take time to write them and now I like purposely don't use punctuation or oh, spacing literally. or anything. It's always typos. Yeah. It's it's like a it's like a text I'm sending to my friend and I just CC Cass and then yeah. she writes the proper email. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, that's I mean that that's it just seems like it's a you're you're gifted in that way and I'm not and I I just have written enough emails in my life I feel like already. I I, it's like it feels like a very important art of mine that I do. Writing emails. The way that I write emails, yeah. Uh, oh, man, it's a, it's a big part of your business. You have to email with people. Yeah, no, but the way that I do it so unprofessionally feels very important to me and my mm-hmm. art. <laughs> I'm, I'm being 1,000% serious. It's why I do it. Yeah. Because, like, p- professionalism is one of my least favorite words, that and politeness. And, like, it all just alludes to fakeness. Like, we relate to each other how we relate to each other, and it should be in a high-vibe, connected, fucking peace-loving way, right? Yeah. Um, and all of the, like, formalities. I don't do well with anything that's traditional, so anything that's professional and formal also has to do with tradition, right? And what somebody else said that you should be doing to have a certain level of respect yeah, yeah, some yeah. other like, time no that I'm not ex- going to subscribe to or agree to and perpetuate. And it's really important for me not to perpetuate. Wait, You're such things. a manifester. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did it give you, did uh, being a manifester give you a little uh, clarity on some things? Like when you were reading about the aura of the manifester and kind of conflicts you've had even with like some people in the shop or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. So sh- we all like were looking into these things. We actually, I talked about it's in the human design, the human design. And I said that Sean was a reflector, but he's actually like Kanye, a projector. Yeah. They, they had a discussion <laughs> about me and Kanye in girls club on <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> Just I, two important men in our life. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right now. I'm going to fill this up again. Again. Yeah. We're such stoners. I know. I love it. Well, now that we're on the bag, I don't feel weird about it. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Not that I cared before, but. Yeah. No, I want to meet somebody. Maybe we should talk to P the Fairy. I want to talk to somebody about human design. It has been validating um, reading this stuff about being a manifester. Um, So. What do we need in our group? We should call it our reflector. We we need a reflector in the team. If If you're a dope reflector who likes smoking weed. And you can make music or films. Yes. What or are, both. What do you need? A sound guy, a lighting person, camera person? Everyone. We'll make, we make good use of that of everybody. Anyone can be a sound guy. We can make them a sound guy. We can make them a camera person, okay. a bassist, a fucking vibe holder. We just need a reflector. We we just we want them to. We need to complete the circle. Yes. Supposedly they're pretty we need rare. A full team. They're yeah. very rare. Um. <clears throat> um. But yeah, do we I know think a when I, I remember reflector? reading about. Not really. They're okay. like Sandra Bullock, which isn't a very good reference. But I remember reading about you being a projector and being like, oh, he's a filmmaker. He like projects things out into the world. Yeah. Literally. Easy. Film. Like, that's funny. Easy peasy. <laughs> that's funny. Easy peasy, um, Kanye. See, that's probably another funny language that you could use to try and understand what friends you have, too. You know? And a lot of times I think we have the friends 
like we call them in in that way but like a lot of times the friends that you meet or you make or it's like oh you're gonna help me with this work and maybe it's work on a work plane maybe it's work on a sexual plane maybe it's work on like a therapy plane or reparenting plane or art there's, plane there's or so many planes to be done, to be done. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of work to be done yeah but it's usually that i've definitely gotten yeah, hit to that work. that we got like oh i gotta do work with you yeah or sean needs to do work with you and that's yeah. not my business you right. know what i mean right. like kind of like you know right oh mm. you guys have work to do together or i got work to do or we got we gotta <laughs> fucking work this out yeah yeah totally well, I, 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 and it's, I think at different places in your life, you need different things. And I just think about like the whole lot of new friends we made um, post like doing the space camp thing, like, you know, for the first time, all of our new friends, like the ones that stuck are the ones that make me laugh. And that's just kind of what I needed coming out of an isolated quarantine or whatever. And so, like, this crop of people I expose myself to, 50 or 100 people, and, like, say, like, 8 or 10 of them have become our close friends. That's the thing they have in common because that's where my frequency was tuned to at the time. I wanted to make people laugh. I wanted people to make me laugh. Yeah. There's a lot of other people that wanted to get into all kinds of other stuff, and I'm totally down for that. But at the time... That's not what I was really, you know, vibing on for like my day to day. Who are my friends going to be? Who am I going to surround super myself important with? important too. Like situational. Like a lot of friendships are situational and that's not a bad thing. Yeah. I think circumstances and situation and coming together is like kind of what's up. Mm. You know, like let's make heaven on earth together. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's got to be the goal. I mean, my, my remember my, when I was, uh, I just had one friend who would just come over and smoke weed with me. Evan? Yeah, mm-hmm. my boy. Mm-hmm. My first friend in Greenpoint. You know, my age. He's uh, We're a week apart. And, you know, he went down the path of, like, having a wife and a kid. Yeah. But we would still smoke weed together, and it was always controversial. Yeah. And I was like, man, I want to make heaven on earth together. I want to take this deeper. But, like, you know, yeah. my only friend is a guy who, like, has to be home at 1045 and right. has to sneak around and can't, has to spray himself with all this shit because he smoked weed and she, she can't smell it or something. Yeah, you know, so. I've gone through periods of being really lucky and very unlucky. It feels like with friends. Um, I've had a couple periods where I had like really close tribal friend groups, uh, specifically like in Colorado and Hawaii, <clears throat> um, and then had periods of like where I, I was mainly isolated friend wise uh, because I felt like I didn't have people that really resonated with me. Um, but even in that, like I'm so social at my job, it didn't really ever feel that isolated probably mm. until covid you know yeah felt like god like for i have a lot of friends you know but then covid happens and everyone realized like well i stopped working as much yeah. too and yeah yeah so I'm just around less people so it feels like yeah less acquaintances and friends and stuff mm. <clears throat> um it's also very revealing when you switch it up and you see who sticks around like if you s- quit drinking or quit doing, yeah. you know yeah. doing whatever it's yeah. you know and moving like you know that mm-hmm. i've i talk to monica still like every week and stuff and there's people you stay in touch with when you move yeah um but there's a lot of people you just don't you let go of because yeah whatever your work was circumstantial you know most of my friends are better friends than i am because <laughs> 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 like i'm not that good at like keeping in touch you know yeah. So it's either the friends who like we can go a long time without talking and it's like nothing's changed. Right. And those are the people I stay friends with or the people who are like a little bit better about like making an effort, you know, because right. like I'm down to hang out. I just like 
and don't necessarily make the effort doesn't mean I don't want to I'm just not it's not a natural inclination because I'm like like my mom said like when I was a kid she could just sit me in a corner I would just sit there so it's like I'm not I'm not always trying to change things I'm more like uh, all right like this is where I'm at I'm just gonna try to like it i think i don't know it's kind of interesting because the predominant energy in both of our charts is cardinal which is initiation energy and this whole time you've kind of been talking about like a struggle with initiation Mm. i'm fine with it (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think initiating is scary for everyone i think oh yeah scary on every level you know it's like the masculine energy we talked about in the girls podcast it's like taking up sexual space it's like being the one to initiate you know that or conversation or vulnerability or you well, know, to be the first mm-hmm. my, to my, be the fool you know but like my human design is to respond like if i try to initiate <laughs> it doesn't go well for me like i'm meant like it literally says in my human design like don't try to initiate things <laughs> just respond. remember when we would try to get cast to do the intros to the to the come They're up the best they, they, they are but like it's R. it's R. a great example of what she's talking about you know what i mean like She'd be like, oh. but meanwhile, if one of us started it, she could get drop right into like what the vibe of the rest of the show is going to be. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. So I think basically if anyone wants to figure out their human design, you can just like Google human design and then put in your birth date and time. It's super easy. And then there's certain sites that you can see like the channels that help that are connected and whether you have like a, a closed or an open heart and, and it just like informs yeah, that, that's a lot. Cool. And I, I think it's kind of worked that's for cool. me and against me because you guys have understood like, oh, Cass is just going to say no to things first. I think I have a channel that like yeah. has me kind of like I say no first and then I come around. <laughs> but it's like doesn't make it doesn't make you any less irritated when I say no. It just kind of like. Yeah. Yeah. But it's kind <laughs> <of a> <laughs> is that in your human design? Obviously. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All this stuff is just like overlays on the human experience that maybe could help you you know navigate things a little bit better just some more information uh, help you help help soften this experience for you new lenses <laughs> yeah it's a lens it's like a language yeah um yeah i think it, it can be helpful self-understanding or understanding your partner, giving them a little more space or patience to say no. Spatience. 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 Everyone needs to offer their partner more spatience. <laughs> and offer it to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Spatience, my friend. It's a very high quality. Yeah. You know? Spatience. <laughs> hey, spatience. <laughs> that's gonna get thrown around more well i mean it's like give me space and offer me patience and i will give you the same yeah 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 spatience (laughs) (laughs) it's a new word oh my god uh, have we had enough are you guys enough yeah this was great yeah this was good let's leave them hopefully wanting more if you want more go to patreon.com slash church chill there's a bunch of church chill episodes which is our music show and uh, a whole bunch of bonus episodes of this here podcast, including the first episode of Girls Club. It's a doozy. Yeah. It's embarrassing that we haven't done it until now. I we, know. We just spiral around each other. Yeah, spiraling around. Spiraling around. And, uh, you know, while you're at it, don't sleep on Boys Club, which is also on Patreon.com slash Church Chill. That's me and Joey. Mm-hmm. 
Boys Club will have other guests, but so far me and Joey are carrying the torch. <laughs> it's just boys being boys. Well, you could have Guys Club, too, with maybe someone else. Guys Club. <laughs> just guys being guys. <laughs> guys Club would be great. I wonder who would be a good co-host for Guys Club. Are we going to have a women's club? <laughs> <laughs> you guys just show up. Ladies old. Club? Yeah. Ladies Club. Gals Club. Mm, what about Harlot Club? Ooh, Ooh, little harlots. I have an outfit for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I would like to see the little harlot hour. Well, my first idea Life for the girls. The jacuzzi. Yeah, my yeah. first idea was we were going to do it from the jacuzzi and that kind of. It's too hot in there. I realized it would be too hot after like 10 seconds. Yeah. These aren't the kind of mics you can wear in a jacuzzi and broadcast, so I don't know what would be good for that. Maybe these are perfect for a jacuzzi broadcast. <laughs> we need to get wireless ones. Yeah. But you got to figure out how to blur things, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a more appropriate podcast for us would be from the sauna. Live from the sauna. Live from the sauna. Because we oh, were we in there for like an hour. We could do a session if we did that. Yeah. That'd be fun. Oh, man. Damn, I feel this microdose. <laughs> mm, microdose. Right. Mm, peace, love, right. and magic. <laughs> peace, y'all. <laughs>